Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is November 30th, and we are here to chat AEW Dynamite. And what a show it was tonight. Guys, I seriously thought that today's uh, episode of Dynamite completely flew by. I felt this two-hour show legitimately felt like an hour, an hour and 10 minutes long. If It went by so fast. I liked every single match on today's show, which is kind of rare because even though, you know, AEW has pretty much set a tone for having uh, solid wrestling each and every single night, each and every single week, uh, there's always like that one match that I'm like, oh, I could have done with this one, or oh, this could have been better, or oh, this, or oh, that. But I legitimately thought that top to bottom, both the storytelling and the in-ring aspect of Dynamite was on point tonight. So I can't wait to chat about all of that here today. But before we get started, everyone, thank you guys so much for joining me. If you are here, if this is your first time, if you are a regular, no matter who you are, what you do, where you're from, uh, please make sure to take part in the chat. I will be pulling out people's thoughts and comments as we go throughout the show because this is a very interactive stream. On top of that, if you want to help support the show, if you want to help keep me funded and get your question, comment, or statement read on this show, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point, and they really do just help me out um, a whole lot. So let's get to it. I pretty much have everybody here in the chat saying that they were entertained with today's episode of Dynamite. Uh, people thinking that it was fire, that it was a good show. Um, there was a lot of really great stuff. Uh, we got our first super chat of the day, and this is from Grapple Geekery. Uh, Grapple Geekery has been sending in a lot of love on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, Grapple Geekery says, hashtag justice for Kiara Hogan. Uh, thank you so much for sending in the hashtag. Um, and we'll talk about all of that and more in just a quick uh, in just a quick second. Um, Nick Rossum says that he only he thought the only bad segment today was the Bow Wow uh, Jade Cargill stuff. You know, the Bow Wow stuff for the most part, like really, okay, so the volume was so low on that, I legitimately couldn't even hear what he was saying. I had to like put out a tweet and asking people, what if, what the hell did Bow Wow say? Because I didn't hear any of it. Um, but to be honest, there really wasn't much there. Uh, but clearly, the really the big takeaway from the Bow Wow Jade Cargill segment was uh, Jade Cargill because she looked, oh boy, she looked great, like phenomenal. But We'll talk about that in just a second. Let's get right into the show, everybody. Uh, let's kick things off with John Moxley, who apparently is never going on a vacation. Uh, we've been sitting here wondering when John Moxley is finally going to get that vacation that he has been talking about. But, you know, things are always happening. The man has to show up to work. And, um, you know, when he kicked off AEW today, I thought, oh, that's interesting. I would have thought, given that we didn't get to see MJF last week, I would have thought that we were going to see MJF kick off the show here today. So when John, when John Moxley's music hit, I was a little bit surprised, but whatever. So John Moxley goes out there and he starts basically putting himself over. He's saying how, you know, in life, there are three things that are certainty and that is death taxes and John Moxley. He goes on to say that nobody can outwork him. Nobody can out wrestle him. Nobody can outdo him in any sort of fashion. And he says that he's the top of the food chain and that this ring, this AEW ring belongs to him. And then he says, if there is, there is no man out there 
that will come out and basically tell me that this isn't true. And I'm thinking like, okay, you know, clearly, uh, you know, somebody's going to come out right now. And part of me even thought, hmm, what if it's MJF? I really hope that it's not MJF because, you know, I the MJF John Moxley stuff should be done already. So that's kind of where I was. That's where my train of thought was going, though. I was still expecting either MJF or somebody else completely different. I will tell you that I was not expecting the person who ended up coming down, walking down that ramp, and it was Hangman Adam page and let me tell you i couldn't be any more thrilled that it was hangman and the reason for this is we all know that you know hangman was unfortunately out for about like 43 days guys um he was out since october 18th uh after the events that unfolded in his match for the aw world championship against john moxley and so that pretty much did not go the way that you know we wanted to see nobody wanted to see hangman page get hurt in any sort of fashion so that was very unfortunate and so i was so happy that it was hangman page because he went out there and he just got right into john moxley's face and restarted refired up this john moxley hangman page uh feud that we had going and here's the thing too is that this hangman page john moxley story started when we were heading into john moxley versus mjf so hangman page technically wasn't even like the big story there so now i feel like it's become something bigger than what they were probably intending it to be and i'm looking forward to it because he literally just went out there got in his face they brawled they had all of the staff come out try to separate these two guys apart they couldn't later on uh in the show we see them backstage brawling it out i mean i could not ask for anything else i will say this though i will say this um they need to let these guys like go at it i feel like the breakups the pull-aparts come too fast like the security guard needs to take at least a little bit longer to get there only because selfishly i want to see more of this brawl uh unfold backstage i like to see this kind of stuff so let me enjoy it uh that was the only thing i would have asked for if i'm gonna nitpick anything i wanted to see john moxley and Paige go at it just a little bit more backstage oh and there was a funny part though and sorry john moxley i have to laugh at this if um if you <laughs> i rewinded this like three times because in the earlier portion when they were out in the ring john moxley so hangman page is being pulled apart by like a millions of staff whatever right and john moxley you hear commentary saying john moxley john moxley's coming and then they're like, oh, John Moxley fell. And I had to rewind it because I missed it the first time because it was off to the left side of the camera. And if you were like looking at Hangman Page, chances are you missed John Moxley completely eating shit and falling. It was hilarious. I had to rewind that like three times because I couldn't stop laughing. But it worked with the chaoticness of this brawl. So, anyways, John Moxley, Hangman Page, recontinuing kicking it back off here tonight on dynamite. So thumbs up on this. We got a super chat from Hunter Tillman. Thank you so much to Hunter uh, for sending in the super chat. Hunter says, Hey, Denise, what was your favorite part about tonight's dynamite incredible show? Well, my favorite part about dynamite. And once I talk about it a little bit more, I I'm going to like tell you guys all the main reasons why, but my favorite part of dynamite today was legitimately MJF turning on William Regal. It was my favorite thing. And I'll tell you why 
once we get to it. But thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for sending in this super chat. Um, all right. And we got another one here from Grapple Geekery who says, Hangman's return was awesomely badass. Also, Mox left through the heel tunnel. Uh, I didn't notice that. You know, I tend to always not really focus on who comes out of what tunnel. I know that's a big thing, but for some reason, I always forget to look at that stuff. Um, but in this situation, like, John Moxley has kind of been getting, like, mixed reactions at full gear. I mean, excuse me. Um, yeah, at full gear, he was uh, getting bull, getting getting booed and they were chanting like fuck John Moxley and this and that um that one was kind of crazy because I wasn't expecting f John Moxley chants but I guess because everyone was so uh you know into MJF that they we were getting f John Moxley chants but then by the end of the night we were getting thank you Moxley chants and then the week after that we were getting like thank you Moxley chants so it is really funny to see uh you know, the differences in how people react to John Moxley. Uh, in terms of this, to me, I feel like John Moxley and Hangman Page, like John Moxley to me doesn't feel like a full-on heel or anything like that. But if you were going to ask me who the babyface in this match should be, in my opinion, it should be Hangman Page. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, but thank you so much to Grapple Geekery for sending in this super chat. Um, Tyson says, did you see the security guy laughing? I didn't see that. Did he laugh when John Moxley fell? I didn't see the guy actually uh, laughing, but I did see him chirping because that was the only part that I was actually focused on. <laughs> um, okay, so let's continue on from here, guys. Let's get into... Um, Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. So this match was a freaking banger, okay? Uh, this was some hard-hitting stuff. Dax Harwood, anytime he has these singles matches on uh, Dynamite or whenever they let him have them, uh, for the most part, they've all been pretty ace. They've all been pretty damn good. Uh, this one with Brian Danielson was legitimately no different at all. I feel kind of lame because my analysis of this match is that it was freaking good. Uh, but they went out there and, you know, it's crazy because I went back and I was like, when have we ever seen like Dax Harwood and Brian Danielson wrestle each other? And so I was looking at a cage match and it would really was only two times in WWE and it wasn't like a one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't even like a tag team match or anything like that. It was legitimately an elimination match in 2019. And then I think it was 2018 the greatest royal rumble or something like that so technically like getting to see them one-on-one -on -one here tonight was really freaking cool um there was a lot of good moments uh both of them really just like turning each other's chest pinks, pink and red legitimately. Uh, there was a really great uh, spot that I enjoyed, which was we had Brian Danielson getting his elbows in on, on Dax, but instead of doing it on the ring, on the mat, he was doing it on the top of the turnbuckle, which just, you know, kind of added to the brutality a little bit. And then it looked like Brian Danielson was going for a suplex, but instead Dax reversed it. And uh, I really liked that reversal that they had uh, during that moment. But my favorite portion of all of this was legitimately them just trying to clothesline each other and just getting each other literally nonstop, nonstop with those attempted uh, double uh, clotheslines. Finally, they each get their shot in, get some lariats in. Um, we get a slingshot. 
a slingshot liger bomb from freaking Dax, which was which looked kind of crazy. They do some cradles back and forth, looks really good too. And then finally, uh, Brian Danielson ends up getting the, this win with Dax tapping out. And even after the match, though, it was like a friendly competition because they just like hug it out. And that was that. This was literally just two guys going out there and having a hard hitting entertaining entertaining wrestling match and i saw a couple of people on twitter saying that they kind of um even though that the match was good there were some people saying like oh there's really like nothing to it though but when it comes to this like personally for me if it's a match that i hadn't seen before that i want to see and it's good i feel like i can't complain like i love to see uh fresh matches regardless so technically i was a fan of this and i want to see dax harwood brian danielson wrestle again uh down the line i feel like we got to see it uh we got a comment here from andrew who says just playing great wrestling from two of the best uh we got rafael smith um rafael shout out to rafael because uh uh, Raphael is constantly, I'm seeing you, bro, man. I'm seeing you on all the YouTube videos that I post, always leaving some really generous comments. So thank you so much for being active. Uh, Raphael says, Dax versus Brian Danielson. That was a great match tonight. It really was. And they pretty much set the stone, the the tone for the rest of the night. Uh, we got James Jones here who says that, uh, that Dax and Brian stole the show. I would say so. Well, you know what? That's hard to say because here's the thing, though. Like, this match was freaking great, but so was Death Triangle and the Elite. But then again, Death Triangle and the Elite is always freaking good, and it's a match that we've always seen. So it's a little bit like, okay, do you for match of the night, do you go with Brian Danielson and Dax Harwood, who had a match that you know you hadn't seen? And it was really freaking great. Or do you go with the elite and Death triangle who had another freaking great match, but it's a match that you've technically kind of seen already. I don't know. It's up to you decide whatever you want. Uh, either way. I think this one was two thumbs up. I'd give it more, but I only got two thumbs. All right. Um, also, they announced the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal taking place next week on Dynamite. And Ricky Starks uh, basically makes the announcement that he is entering, uh, that he's entering the Battle Royal. And personally, I kind of like this because he says, you know, I'm coming to win. I'm coming for everything that MJF has. I'm coming for the Diamond Ring. I'm coming for the title and I'm coming for his spot. I liked this a whole lot because why shouldn't he? MJF is literally what every, I mean, I can imagine what every guy wants to be. Like when you think of the career that you want to have and the kind of success that you want to have and the kind of attention that you want to have, I feel like MJF is definitely one of those names. So if I'm a guy like Ricky Starks or I'm another guy on the roster and I'm seeing everything that MJF has and everything that MJF is accomplishing, you bet your ass that is something that I'm going to want. So I like that Ricky Starks basically came out here and said, I want everything that you got. Uh, so that was really good. I like that. And um, we'll see what happens next week with the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. Uh, we got a super chat here from Sheldon Jackson. Thank you so much to Sheldon who says, as much as I love the match between Dax and Brian, but I wondered if Dash um, would start doing singles uh, matches soon. Um, honestly, they should. They honestly should. I Like with any tag team, I feel that you, um, and by the way, Dash, cash 
sorry, you're you're misspelling threw me off for a second. I'm like, wait, Dash, Cash, what are we talking about here? Um, with Cash Wheeler, I feel like um, with him or with literally any tag team, I want to see them go out and have singles matches too, not just uh, tag team matches, because I feel like I like the variety. Like, I feel like if someone's good, I want to see them, even if it's with their partner or not without their partner. So I'm cool with it either way. And I would like to see Cash Wheeler uh, do some uh, singles matches as well. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending in this super chat. Um, alrighty, and let's go ahead and continue on. <laughs> um, let's get into AR Fox versus Samoa Joe. Actually, before we get to that one, we got a super chat from uh, Heidi Ho is not a bot. Uh, thank you so much for the super generous super chat. Heidi Ho not a bot says, I was super negative on AEW last week. Just want to say they stepped it up this week. Great show. You know what, Heidi Ho? I do not, like, here's the thing. I, I yes, last week's comments that you brought up here on the show, I will say this, drove a lot of chat interaction. <laughs> So, but I prefer it because it's not that I prefer it, but I want people to be honest about how they feel about the shows like that is the point of getting your opinion uh, heard or read here on the show or even as a podcaster. You know, sometimes as podcasters, you sometimes get you, you got to take a little bit of heat because there's going to be people that, you know, don't agree with your opinions. And there's a difference between being completely outlandish and just being like super rude and super mean and distasteful. And there's a difference between doing that. And then there's a difference between just coming out here and saying, you know what? I wasn't a fan of this and this is why A, B, and C, this is why I wasn't a fan of whatever it is. Um, I feel like that to me is what drives, like you have to be honest about what you're reviewing and you have to be honest when you say you don't like something. And I know that it sucks sometimes. And even like, I try to like, it's hard because you have to toe that line in terms of, you know, no matter what you're going to get shit on. Uh, even if you like something, I've gotten to the point where if I like something, people will get mad. If I hate something, people will get mad. So at the end of the day, just being honest is is what matters. So I encourage people here to be honest about their opinions. And I don't care. Like, it's entertainment. It's subjective. You like what you like. And I'm totally cool with that. Uh, but either way, I do agree with you, uh, Heidi. I do think that this was uh, definitely a uh, stronger show for sure, top to bottom. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. It also helps if you guys send in your hot takes and super chats. I will read them all day long. Um, <laughs> all right. And uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. We got Narrator83 sent in a comment saying, surely this is the seeds of the split between Dax and Cash. Uh, Dax is being more emotional in wrestling singles, but Cash seems more focused. I uh, think this will go years, though. I'm not expecting any sort of breakup with FTR right now. That's definitely not where I'm thinking for FTR. Uh, no, they just have so much going on. I mean, they got like a zillion belts. I'm not seeing them break up or, uh, you know, end their friendship anytime soon right now. Um, alrighty. Now, continuing on from this, uh, let's get into AR Fox versus Samoa Joe. So this was for the TNT championship here. Uh, two things to note. One, Samoa Joe is clearly now a double champion with the TNT championship, as well as the Ring of Honor championship, a TV championship, excuse me. And AR Fox, uh, 
since his last match that he was doing with uh, Top Flight and Death Triangle, following that match, I think that was early November, following that match, he was offered an AEW contract. Now, today on Twitter, Tony Khan basically announced that it's official. AR Fox is officially All Elite. And I didn't get to see much of his work on Dark or Dark Elevation, but I had seen his work like previously on the indies. Like every now and then I wasn't too familiar with like his whole body of work, but I had seen him wrestle, but then I didn't see him for like quite a bit until he literally uh, did that match with Death Triangle and Top Flight. Um, and that match for him, for AR Fox, like he looked freaking great. I mean, they all looked great, but uh, in particular for him, since he wasn't a person who was signed, uh, I thought he did phenomenal, right? And I remember that was something that everybody was kind of like raving about. And so when the announcement came that he had been offered a contract, I thought, dude, man, the dude's been hustling. This is a great opportunity. He came out, he uh, showed out, he did a phenomenal job. He deserves this contract, right? So he gets this match with Samoa Joe. And the way that I saw this was, dude, you're going to go in there with Samoa Joe. Like you got to, I wasn't worried at all that this was not going to be a good match because I figured based on what I had seen before uh, and the, based on the fact that they even put him in this match with Samoa Joe, I was like, this is going to be a pretty good match. And it was, it was a good match. It wasn't my favorite of the, of the night, just because like I said, Dax and, uh, and Brian were so good. And then also the Death Triangle and the Elite were so good. But this one was definitely, uh, it held its own, that's for sure. Um, this was a good one. We had Samoa Joe literally go right after AR Fox, hitting them with those rights right off the bat. And this is the thing, when Samoa Joe gets you with those freaking shots, like it ain't, it don't look fun, guys. Like he goes in there and he freaking lays it in. It's fucking phenomenal. And then he gets a jab. Oh, it was good stuff all around. Um, I'm like, I love Samoa Joe. So anything he does, I'm just like, you know, over the moon with excitement. But anyway, so um, there was some good stuff here. Uh, what we kind of saw throughout this match was anytime that Fox went in for any sort of high risk maneuver, Samoa Joe was like, nah, screw that. I'm not getting anywhere near that. I'm not touching that. And I kind of liked it. It was a little bit of a jerk kind of move that Samoa Joe kept doing. But that's like what Samoa Joe was supposed to be. Like, that's who he is, right? He was like, nah, I ain't gonna... I ain't going to deal with that. Uh, so I like this. This was good stuff um, with Samoa Joe kind of being that way uh, towards AR Fox. He ends up hitting the muscle buster. He wins this match. It was a good performance uh, for AR Fox and also uh, a good win for Samoa Joe as, as double champ, technically. Um, after this match, we did have Samoa Joe basically cut a quick promo saying that he's the king of television and this is his era. And then Wardlow comes up on the screen and Wardlow, hold the phone, ladies and gentlemen. Wardlow came out looking freaking stylish. Uh, he had the second best look of the night with this really nice thick brown coat. I think he was wearing like a greenish turtleneck, if I remember correctly. Uh, fall colors. Wardlow is in his folklore era. I loved it. Good luck. Um, I'd wear that outfit. Uh, but he basically says he's coming for what is his. And also, as you guys recall, another guy who was involved with this story was Powerhouse Hobbs. We did get another quick vignette kind of showing a little bit of Powerhouse Hobbs' uh, journey to AEW. And I liked this. I like the storytelling that they're doing in terms of kind of giving us uh, a little bit more of a background on Hobbs and kind of talking about, you know, some of the 
I guess you can say hard times or upbringing that he had because that was kind of what was featured uh, in the vignette. So either way, um, I'm liking, I'm, I'm kind of glad, like, I'm curious what's going to go down with Wardlow because I feel like Wardlow, everything that I thought was going to happen for Wardlow happened, but I don't know. It's just, it's, it seems like, I wasn't expecting Wardlow to um, to lose the TNT Championship so soon with a reign that I didn't. I wouldn't consider Wardlow's uh, reign as TNT champion really anything uh, extraordinary. Um, and so I really wasn't expecting that. I really thought Wardlow was going to kind of propel into like this next level. I thought he was going to be like in the AEW world championship photo uh, uh, following everything that went down after double or nothing. And so for me, I'm kind of thinking like, I feel like there's this big disconnection with what I thought Wardlow, where I thought Wardlow was going to be at and where he kind of is right now. Um, Obviously, a feud with Samoa Joe is great, especially because, you know, Samoa Joe turning uh, turning on Wardlow after they had been teaming for a bit. But there's still something missing there in terms of where Wardlow was a couple months ago and where he is now. So I really do hope that they kind of, you know, uh, re-energize Wardlow because there was just so much there that I don't feel like they kept it going so strongly. So I hope they do pick it back up for Wardlow. Uh, we got a super, we got a uh, super chat here from Matt Corso. Um, Matt didn't send in a comment, but I still appreciate you sending this in. Um, seriously, guys, any super chats, super stickers, whatever the hell you want to call them, uh, they do help support me a whole lot on these streams. They keep me funded. They keep me going. Uh, so thank you so much to Matt Corso for sending this in. Um, alrighty. And we also have, uh, oh, here we go. We have another super chat from Matt Corso who says hey Denise so what in the blue hell came out of Bow Wow's mouth I'm good if I never see him on TV ever again so this is what I was saying earlier is that when Bow Wow essentially came out for uh, Jade Cargill segment so I might as well talk about that now hold on one second as I pull up my notes here so we had the Jade Cargill TBS celebration and dude um Jade Cargill, I might have to like print out that photo and put it up against my wall so that every time I work out and I want to quit or anytime I want to like just splurge, um, I'm going to look at that photo and be like, you know what? No, Denise, self-discipline, Denise. You need to get in shape, Denise, uh, because damn, Jade Cargill looked phenomenal. I think this was my favorite look of hers ever. She had this big green coat that just screamed money. Like you just looked at her and you're like, that girl, she has money. Um, And then she wore like uh, a money two piece and it was like a small little top and then the underwear in the bottom. Uh, It was very, very didn't leave much to the imagination, but that's also what really just kind of wowed you. Because if anybody can pull off a look like that, it's Jade Cargill. Like she said it herself. She's all, I got the face, I got the body, this and that. So she's just putting herself over, over uh, it was crazy. Uh, she looked really great. Um, the silver boots, that was another one. Oh, the silver boots, chef's kiss on the on that. But she's basically yelling at the baddies and telling them that, you know, standing next to her, uh, it's a blessing. And she goes on to say, nobody has my body. Nobody has my face. Nobody has my aura. And then we get Bow Wow on the TV screen. And uh, 
So, you know, Bow Wow, I guess, shot his shot at Jade Cargill. Then they had this whole interaction. And I guess this is continuing on. Now, I'm going to, I'm completely, I had heard of Bow Wow, like, back, back, back in the day, guys. Like, back, back in the day, okay? Uh, a long, long time ago. Um, and I'm pretty sure I only know, like, the one hit song that he probably came out with a long time ago. I do not know what Bow Wow has been up to in the last like 10 years. Uh, unfortunately, I have not kept up with Bow Wow. Um, so I can't even tell you what he's been doing the last 10 years. I have no idea. I'm assuming he's still singing. I don't know. Um, apparently he's on tour. There you go. That was something he said. So anyway, so he comes off, he comes out on screen. It's like uh, footage that I guess it was recorded on his phone or something. It looked like phone footage. And uh, I had no idea what he said. So I had to put out a tweet asking people what he said, because the microphone was very low. And all he said was that he's done with his tour. And that apparently he has free time now. And that was pretty much it. Like, that was it. Um, I don't know what to make of this, guys, because I don't know if Bow Wow would be considered still a big star. I have no idea. Like, there's certain people where I'm like, certain celebrities, when they get involved, I'm like, yes, this guy, he's huge. Oh, I know him, this and that, his and that. I don't know where we're at with Bow Wow. I don't know if he's still, like, hot or not. I have no idea. Um, So there you go. Or maybe the fact that I have no idea tells me everything I need to know. I really don't. Um, but this could have been better, obviously. There wasn't really much else to add about this. Um, really nothing else. Uh, thank you so much to Matt Corso, though, for asking and for also getting in this super chat. Um, all right. So, and everybody's saying that, obviously, Jade Cargill had a bodysuit. And she did, because you can tell. But still, with or without the bodysuit, come on, guys. Let's be real. Like, not a lot of us can rock that look, Okay. We can rock that look. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on because it's officially time to talk about my favorite segment of the night. And it was <laughs> Robbie 1981 says, was Bow Wow ever a big star? I don't know, guys. Um, David Rivera says in the early 2000s, he was uh, he tapped Sierra. Sierra. I remember Sierra. She was she was pretty. I remember her songs were a hit in my middle school. It was middle school when I remember Sierra being a thing. I don't know if she's released any new music ever since. I have no idea. Uh, M. Tourette says, Bow Wow ain't no bad buddy. Dude, Bad Bunny was again the most streamed artist on Spotify um, for like the third year in a row. So Bad Bunny is kind of on a league of his own right now. We got Hunter Tillman sends in a super chat. Thank you so much for all the support, Hunter. Uh, he says, do we think Bow Wow is bringing Kiara Hogan to set up Jade's next feud? I have no earthly idea, guys, because I know Kiara Hogan was kicked out. And um, but I, I mean, it would make sense if they did something like that, because clearly she just can't be forgotten about. So maybe they can do something like that um, for uh, Kiara and for Jade. They got to do something there, right? Because Kiara, for the most part, hasn't been able to do it. She hasn't done much on AEW other than really just kind of be there with Jade. But that isn't real. That isn't really much at all. You know, because Jade's obviously the one that's getting all the focus, all the attention, and that's it, right? And I'm sure, you know, obviously you don't want to be in the shadow of somebody else. Like, who wants that? Nobody does. Uh, thank you so much to Hunter Tillman for sending in this super chat. Um, all righty, guys. 
Xenoa uh, <laughs> Howard says, are Jade and Bow Wow going to have a match? I highly doubt that. I highly, uh, highly doubt that. Also, what song did Bow Wow... I'm, I, there was a song that he was really known for, but I don't remember. Uh, M. Durant says, Bow Wow was massive when he was a preteen. That's how I knew him. That's how I knew Bow Wow, because I knew him from like, the back in the days when I used to listen to now this is music or now this is what you call music volume five, you know, those albums that we used to have back in the day. Now music volume six, volume seven, all of those albums. I'm pretty sure I listened to Bow Wow on one of those, but I don't remember the song though. I don't remember the song that he sang that got really popular. And I know there was one out there. Oof, I don't remember. I'm hoping somebody here on the chat will remind me. But we got a super chat here from Heidi Ho is not a bot who says, if I ever need cosmetic surgery, I want Ruby's doctor. Her nose looks great. <laughs> I didn't take a close look at it. Uh, but obviously after, you know, having br broken it, uh, I mean, she looks perfectly great when she came out. But I didn't take like an up close look at it. But I feel like if it was bad, if her nose was still showing, you know, the damage, then we would have noticed it for sure. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho. It's not a bot for sending in the super chat. Um, S. Morgan says the song was That's My Name. Oh, I don't remember that song. Damn, I might be confusing it with another song then. Shit, apparently I don't remember why, how I knew Bow Wow. Damn, I don't remember. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I'm at a point where I'd rather hear from Taylor Swift than Bow Wow. And that's saying a lot coming from me considering I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. Sheldon, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Now, I am a big fan of yours for always sending in super chats, but you need to go and listen to Taylor Swift, okay? She will make your life better. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon for sending in this super chat. Um, all right. I love how everybody's trying to figure out which Bow Wow song it is now. No idea. Ben Condal says the song was Bow Wow, That's My Name. I'll look at it. I'll listen to it later and see if that's the song because I won't remember. Um, all right, but let's get into my favorite segment of the night, ladies and gents. And this was William Regal and MJF. Now, the last time we saw these two face-to-face, uh, in the ring uh, where they were doing that like promo face off. God, I remember coming out here and just being like, that was the greatest promo that I've seen. I just really freaking loved it because it kind of took things to the next level where it incorporated so much realism in terms of like MJF talking about, you know, his, his tryout at the performance center. He's talking about this email that uh, William Regal you know, sent him and how William Regal basically kind of did him dirty, right? And MJF telling him that he felt like committing suicide um, after that. I mean, that was uh, very, very heavy. So, you know, William Regal ends up aligning with MJF at full gear. And so you're thinking, okay, this is probably going to uh, turn into something more. Well, it kind of completely unraveled here today. We got a super chat here from Grapple Geekery who says, as soon as MJF put the knuckles on, I could feel it coming and I still screamed when he hit Regal. Let me tell you, this always happens. There's always people on social media because I saw this on Twitter. They were like, oh yeah, I saw it coming. I saw it coming. And I'm like, what? No way. I did. And maybe it, you know, maybe I'm just a dunce, whatever. But 
scene when MJF just like smacked William Regal on the back of the head. I was completely just thrown for a loop. I was completely swerved. Uh, I didn't see it coming. So you know what? Maybe I'm just a fool. But damn, I marked out so hard for this because my favorite thing in wrestling period is anytime something happens that I did not predict or see coming. I like unpredictability. I like things that have to happen that I didn't expect to happen. You know, like that to me is what, uh, you know, when I think of some of like the greatest moments in wrestling, all of the ones that were so great was the ones that kind of kept you going like, did that really just happen right now? You know, and this to me um, was kind of up there with that because I feel like with MJF, you know, obviously everything that he has done in AEW has just kind of been, you know, off the wall, right? You know, he's been consistently great with all the promos. We know that, but he's kind of been topping himself each and every single time. He's had a lot of great back and forths with a lot of guys. Um Obviously, let's not forget the first ever AEW Dynamite show in Los Angeles where MJF literally um, went off on, you know, AEW, Tony Khan, and just literally everything and walked off and we didn't see him for, you know, months. Uh, So everything that has involved MJF and everything that's surrounded MJF, I feel has been created so, so well that now that he's champion, the bar to me is set a little bit higher. You know, I feel like the second he won, I remember tweeting out the era of MJF as AEW world champion has begun. Like this is it. This is officially what we had been waiting for. And so I do think that because MJF has been so good in all of these stories and his mic work and just everything, that the bar has been set a little bit higher for him in terms of storytelling. And so I feel like they really had to come out here and kind of knock it out of the park. Because again, he's just kind of set on a higher pedestal, um, in my opinion, especially when it comes to uh, the promo stuff. Um, So thank you so much, Grapple Geekery. Let's break down what actually happened on this uh, segment here. So MJF comes out, he's hugging William Regal. I guess you could say it was a little bit of an aggressive hug. Maybe in hindsight, we should have seen it even coming with the hug because he went in there and he was just like, "Mm," you know, like grabbing the man. Um, (laughs) So MJF starts walking us through how he and William Regal essentially became a thing uh, and or became an alliance, I guess you can say. And he starts to read an email from William Regal and he says that this email was sent to him after the firm attacked him. So he runs all of that down. And he even goes on to say that he respects the firm because they smelled weakness in him. And that William Regal said he wanted to make him the greatest villain of all time, but that he had still so much much, so much more to learn. Um, From here on out, um, he goes on to say that he makes that he made a promise to himself that MJF made a promise to himself to make change and to be out with the old and in with the new. And then he says that looking at the AEW World Championship makes him want to gag. And we had, you know, something covered in a black tarp, right? It ended up being a brand new belt. So MJF says, you know, we need an upgrade. 
I think this belt looks tacky and it lacks class. And it reminds me of all the men who held it previously. And none of them are at my level. This is garbage, just like the rest of you. He throws the AEW World Championship to the ground like it's mush, like it's nothing. Throws it to the gr goddamn ground. And I'm like, huh? Um, then he brings out what he is calling the triple B, the big Burberry belt. And lo and behold, we have a brand new AEW um, championship. And I need to pull up the picture here. Um, one second. All right, here it is. I'm going to pull it up one second. And what they have here is the Burberry outline on the strap. Now, I will say this. when Once I realized that he was going to be pulling out the big Burberry belt, I was expecting the Burberry to like be screaming so loudly off of the belt. I do think that it was a little bit like you kind of have to get really up close and personal to the bout to even see the Burberry design. Um, it's not really as loud as I thought it was going to be. So this is more subdued and it's a little bit just looks like a brown leather strap with hints of orange. So I do think the Burberry, if you really wanted to be obnoxious with the belt, I do think they could have just gone a little bit more in with the actual Burberry design. This did seem uh, a little bit too... Uh, it just doesn't scream Burberry, but in a way, I guess it's fine. I liked the belt. Honestly, I really did like the belt. Um, I would have said more Burberry for MJF. And also I feel like that would be a belt to buy. Like people would be freaking loving it. Um, but I'm assuming, I don't know, maybe Burberry was like, no, you know, you can't steal our design. I don't know. I don't know the rules. Um, but the belt, I kind of liked it. Like, I liked it. Even though it just looks like a brown leather strap. But I still kind of liked it. So I was a fan of this belt. Um, so anyways, uh, after he introduces the belt here, we kind of get into uh, him talking about how he's going to be champion for a long time. He even says that he's going to be... Um, champion until the bidding war of 2024. Now, this is something that MJF has talked about now for a million times. And I thought, oh, man, you know, this has gone a little bit long. There were some people that were complaining about the length of this promo. I didn't. I liked it because I think MJF is good at working his way up to the main points. And uh, when he started saying the bidding war of 2024, I was like, oh, man, this is kind of a little bit repetitive. We, we've kind of heard this. But then he took it a little bit of a step further. Uh, he says that uh, he's going to use the Triple B as a bargaining chip to get the biggest money contract in the business. He says he's going to make more money in one day. And he says than any of the uh, people here in the audience, and he didn't say it that nicely, by the way, um, that any of these people in the audience will make their entire life. And then this was my favorite part. This was the part that I was like, ooh, that's good. He said, quote, I pray to God that the right con foots the bill. And Lord knows I'm not talking about Tony. I'm talking about my boy, jolly old Saint Nick, and my other boy, the game trips. And so obviously, you know, throwing some 
this is not the first time he's mentioned Nick Khan. This is not the first time that he's mentioned Triple H, but it's still, uh, it hasn't gotten old, at least in my opinion. So it's still kind of, to me, it's still a little fun to hear him kind of mention their names on, on AEW programming. I still kind of mark for that. And then he says, well, you know what? Maybe it's Hollywood since you guys know he's going to be uh, appearing in the Iron Claw. I don't know how big or how small that role uh, is for him, but uh, he's going to be appearing in the Iron Claw. So then he says maybe hollywood will win who knows um either way he then goes on to say that he's going to be a rare champion he's only going to be there uh as a special attraction it's going to be rare when he defends the title and then he says that his reign of terror has just begun after this he turns on william regal punches him out punches him in the back of the head takes him out william regal bam straight to the mat gets stretchered out. Uh, commentary does a phenomenal job at literally just like putting this over, putting over what a big POS uh, MJF is. And this was great. They stretcher him out. They take him out in an ambulance. Brian Danielson is there like praying practically. I mean, this was good stuff, guys. I loved the I loved the buildup of the promo. I loved the swerve turning on William Regal. And I like how fast it came too. Like I like that we didn't waste any time and we just got straight to it. And I especially like that after he knocked down William Regal, that he circled back to that promo in which he read the last lines of that email that William Regal sent him. He requoted them back to William Regal. So that to me was just a really nice, like full circle of revenge, of vengeance. I was here for this, guys. I cannot begin to tell you how excited I am about uh, MJF as AEW world champion, the era of MJF. All right, here we go. Let's get some thoughts in here. Did you like this as much as I did? Uh, did you not? Let's see what people are saying. Uh, we got Magnum Waite who sends in a super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, Magnum Waite says, MJF mentioning Eddie Kingston made me realize I need those promos in my life. Um, they've had some great stuff between them. Uh, really great stuff there too. Uh, Justin Martinson's in a super chat saying, it was a shocking twist, but it made sense. The MJF character can't stand sharing the spotlight with anyone, even Regal who helped him win the title. Um, dude, like what he said, I, you said I was the one that had a lot to learn. You have the one that has that you're the one who has a lot to learn because you're the one who basically trusted the devil, right? The devil himself, which is what MJF has been referring to himself as. So, I mean, what can I say, guys? Full freaking circle. Uh, thank you so much to Justin Martin for also sending in uh, the super chat. <laughs> Official Matt Game says F the BBB. Oh, hey man we have the three eyes now we got the three b's um let's see what else we got here there's a lot of good stuff and see what people are saying um i feel like for the most part i feel like for the most part people are liking what mjf is saying and doing this is from um nick blues who says mjf is so good at playing with emotions he reminds me of piper so much maybe a tad of flair uh, let's see what else we got here. YT says, do you think Regal will have one last match? No, I don't think so. I think this was just like, this was something very minimal. I'm not expecting like an actual match or anything like that. Um, I don't know, but I just don't think so. Um, all right, guys, uh, let's move on. But before I do, just a friendly reminder, guys, if you are enjoying this show, uh, just know that I'm here 
three times a week on Tuesdays. I'm here to chat NXT. Wednesdays, I'm here chatting AEW Dynamite. And then Friday, I do return this Friday to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. So I'm here on F4W online three times a week. On top of that, I'm constantly posting news videos. Um, if you haven't caught my series here on F4W called The Latest, um, it's literally just me running down daily wrestling headlines. So if you just need to know what the hell is going on in wrestling today? That is the video to watch. Uh, I love doing those videos. They're a lot of fun. Um, but now let's get into the next match. We got Ricky Starks versus Ario Davari. Uh, this was really a very quick squash. He wins with the Rochambeau. Um, let's get into a backstage segment with uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, and Rebel. So earlier in the night, they had announced that Soraya is going to be doing another sit-down interview with uh, Renee Paquette, and that they're going to be doing that on Rampage. Um, so this was basically just Britt and Jamie and Rebel saying that, in that case, Tony Schiavone should sit with Jamie Hayter, and they should do a sit-down interview, um, you know, on on dynamite next week so that's officially been made we're gonna get that sit down interview with tony and jamie and um this one's gonna be like i'm wondering when we're actually gonna finally have this dissension with Britt baker and jamie hater because when jamie hater was announced as the AEW women's world champion we had Britt kind of just take the mic away from her and didn't really let her speak and she's the champion. And even today, like, it still feels like the dynamic of the group is still all about Britt Baker, even though Jamie Hayter is the champion. Like, Britt Baker's out there doing her catchphrase, her DMD catchphrase. Uh, she's the one, you know, pitching the idea of, you know, Jamie Hayter getting the sit down. So it kind of still feels like Jamie is kind of still in the shadow of Britt Baker. At least that's the way Britt Baker's treating it. So I kind of want to start seeing Jamie Hayter kind of break out a little bit in her own like give her a catchphrase have her you know speak on her own behalf so i'm curious to see um how long they actually wait to uh really have this implode or at least have jamie show some sort of uh some signs of frustration with Britt baker like when is jamie gonna be like you know what shut up Britt. like let me talk I'm the champion, right? Uh, so we'll see. Anyways, we're going to have that sit-down interview uh, next week. All right, guys. Um, Anna J versus Willow Nightingale. So when I saw this match announced, I thought, oh, good. Cool. You know, we get to see Willow Nightingale in action. Um, this match ended up being so much, so much more better than I thought it was going to be. I feel like, and obviously I know Anna J has been doing, you know, dark and dark elevation. I don't get to watch those shows, guys. It would just be too much for me. So I miss out on a lot of what happens on dark and dark elevation. So uh, getting to see Anna J today against Willow Nightingale, dude, like she looked really good in this match. I feel like this was probably one of the times where I feel like I, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I just got way more out of Anna Jay than I normally do. Um, I like this match. She got a lot of offense in on Willow Nightingale. Uh, Anna hit her with a neck breaker. She got her with a spinning back uh, heel kick to Willow Nightingale at one point. Um, Willow finally hit a lariat on uh, Anna Jay. And then for the win, she hits her doctor bomb and gets the win. But honestly, I liked this match. I really did. Um, I want to see a little bit more of Anna J now uh, on Dynamite and Rampage. And I know we had been seeing a little bit with her and Ty Mello, but I just think that today she just looked really good. So maybe keep that going, right? Uh, Ruby Soho comes back. Uh, you know, she'd been gone for a little bit after the nose and 
she comes out there and she attacks Ty Mello. They were beefing, uh, you know, prior to all of this, when everything was going down with the Jericho Appreciation Society and just everything that they were doing uh, there. Um, God, it feels like this, it feels like this story has kind of been like, it feels like this beef between Ty Mello and Ruby Soho has been going on forever. I'm kind of a little bit not, I'm a little bit over it. Like, I don't really care too much, to be honest. Um, so I kind of hope that they finish it up and I want to see them move on. I want to see all of them move on to different things because again, this was going on for a bit and now it's like they've restarted again. Um, happy to see Ruby Soho come back. Good for her. I love that headbutt that she got Ty Mello with. Even having her uh, hit the destination unknown on the ramp and then give her a kiss on the forehead. Kind of brutal. I liked it. Uh, but I still kind of feel like, eh, like I had forgotten that Ty Mello, Ruby Soho were even, you know, beefing until she came back. Like I had completely uh, forgotten. Jade Cardiel celebration. We already talked about that. So let's get into the last and final uh, portion of the show. Before I do, guys, uh, please, last call. If you want to get your question, your comments, your uh, hot take, your recipe, your Christmas list, um, whatever it is, uh, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. Uh, we got a couple more minutes left on the show. I'm going to recap the main events and then kind of go from there. Also, I mentioned this on my NXT post show, so I might as well mention it here too. But uh, in the next couple of days, keep an eye out because I have two announcements that are going to be coming uh, pretty soon. Uh, I have some deadlines on these announcements. So um, keep an eye out on Twitter, Instagram, and all the social medias because I do have two incoming announcements that I'm really, really, really excited about. Uh, we'll talk about that when they are made. But now let's get into the main event. We have the Elite versus the Death Triangle match three in their best of seven series. And I mean, literally, they've been kind of doing something different for each and every single match, which I love because uh, today they kicked off the match with uh, the Elite going right after the Death Triangle, like not even letting them finish their entrance, going right after them. And they just start fighting and uh, we get so much good stuff here. My favorite part or one of my favorite parts during this was the Young Bucks. They held Pac down at the end of the ramp. And then uh, we had Kenny Omega literally run down from the top to the end. And he was going for a V-trigger on Pac. But instead, Pac broke out of it and ended up getting him with a strike of his own. So that was pretty cool. I did like seeing that. But they did, you know. They go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break. And then finally we get the match. Uh, it gets it gets started from there. Um, there were some great freaking moments during this. Power bombs on the apron from the Young Bucks to the Lucha Bros. Um, <laughs> uh, Penta brings in the hammer. Uh, Phoenix and him are arguing about whether or not to use it. Uh, they argue. So this allows Kenny Omega to go right in and hit, and hit Phoenix with a V-trigger. We see... Uh, Kenny get Penta with a V-trigger, uh, goes for the pin, but Pac breaks it up. We see the Death Triangle literally just hitting a bunch of super kicks. We see them uh, do a, a, a trio moonsault. We've seen them do that a couple of times, so they did it again here. The fear factor from Penta to Kenny, which looked absolutely sick. An avalanche falcon arrow from Pac to Omega. He goes for the cover, but Kenny kicks out a two. Uh, it's just a lot of back-and-forth action here. Uh, there was a moment where we just see 
the, the camera is literally centered right in the middle. And then Phoenix, you just see him on the left side of the screen, go out and do a tope to the outside. But what I particular what I liked about this particular tope was that he freaking flew out like a god dang rocket. So that looked pretty damn good. I like that. Um, for the finish, we did see Pac go for the black arrow, but Matt Jackson, who was, you know, waiting to get the black arrow ended up uh getting his knees up and so this allowed the elite to get the win uh so now the score is 2-1 uh in this best of seven series this was a phenomenal match uh i know there were some people that were thinking like oh are we gonna get bored of this best of seven series uh let me tell you where i'm at right now this was obviously barely match three right we still got a couple more to go but i am I'm feeling it, guys. I'm not bored of the elite and the death triangle. I'm not bored. In fact, this is all me. Like, I feel like I got little hearts popping out of my eyes during this match. I'm a big fan of what they've been doing, and I like how they've been doing something different uh, for all of these matches. And even just like last week, last week was so different because they incorporated so much of the CM Punk stuff because they were in Chicago, and, you know, they had the biting and the, the, the GTS, and there was just so much going on because of the crowd. And we didn't get that this week, obviously, because we weren't in Chicago. But uh, I do feel like every match so far has been pretty different, which I'm enjoying. And I'm, I'm curious to see how they continue uh, to spice it up uh, for the next coming matches. Um, Alrighty, guys. And that is AEW Dynavite November 30th. Uh, I can't believe it. We are moving on to December. What the hell? Next month is already the end of the year. What? Like it is nuts. Um, seriously, guys, before I go, I just want to thank you so much for tuning in each and every single week to this post show. Um, every time you guys do means the world to me. Please, please help me spread the word, whether you retweet um, when I promote these shows or just like or share on your own. Um, I'm constantly seeing when people do so. I'm constantly retweeting and just interacting with you guys on social media. Um, I officially surpassed 80,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I just hit like 80,400 something today. Um, so please, if you haven't gone to that channel yet, click that subscribe button, go to that channel, because I'm uploading so much stuff. Um, I have a killer interview with Taya Valkyrie. Promo Wars, if you guys want to see, you know, me and a couple of other creators, just come on there and cut silly promos. I have all of the AEW full gear media scrums up there as well. Um, and I have so much more content coming literally to the channel. I will be at the Rumble this year, so I'm going to be getting more content there. I am planning on being at Revolution, so more content there. Uh, just a bunch of content all around. So if you haven't already, YouTube.com slash Denise Salsa. Also, while you're here on F4W online, we are like literally just a couple thousand away from hitting um, 100K on F4W online's uh, YouTube channel. So please also make sure to subscribe there. But until next time, I'm Denise Salcedo and I will see you back here on Friday for SmackDown and Rampage. Have a great night, everyone. Bye.